For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Y'all can go to Believe.com and subscribe, rate, and review. Get this episode and all the episodes that have been done in the past. Got another fun one coming up right now. Got a fellow Harlan Countyan in here. Y'all know I'm from Harlan County. Grew up in Lynch. This man is from right down the road, right down 119 in Putney. Writes for a sea of blue, has a couple other good podcasts that he does and hosts, and we'll talk about that as well. Got Jamie Boggs in here on this episode. Jamie, man, how you doing? I'm good, Vinny, man. Thanks for having me on. I think your uh, uh, your listeners, it, I, I don't know if you've ever had anybody like try to read Putney to you, but nobody ever gets it right unless you're from around there. It's usually Putney or something like that. So <laughs> I appreciate you getting my uh, little hometown of like one square mile right. That's it. Yes, you know, we, we're all right there in this literally in the same neck of the woods. Yeah. All our little communities, you know, from Cumberland to Harlan, just wondering, you know, Nolensburg, Down, Hiram, yep. Ross Point, all that till you get to Harlan. Yeah. So Yep, all on that one road. The new road is what we call it, as opposed to the old road. I don't know what y'all call it. <laughs> I was road. I was telling somebody that the other day, because that is Sometimes, you know, I'll still go home every couple months. You know, my mom's still there. My sister's still there. Sometimes I will pop on the O-Road, which is, I think it's 522 now, just for the for the curves and for the fun of it. Um, I used to work in Harlan right out of high school, worked at the bank down there, so I'd drive it every day. So some mornings I'd drive the O-Road and, and do that. Um, but you talk about pronouncing our little towns correctly. Uh, my dad worked for Arch Mineral Coal Corporation for years, and sometimes they had the company picnic down in Dollywood. They would like everybody would all go from home down to Dollywood and have the picnic, and that you get to go to the concert, you get to do all the rides, and of course the the concerts were country. So it was one year it was like Roy Clark was there, and he did a show. Um, one year it was Janie Freaky. And she was up there for some reason. They had her reading off names. Somebody, I don't know, somebody won something, or whatever. But she said such and such from Totes, and everybody fell out laughing because we all it's Tots, Tots, and she said Totes, and we all just you know busted out laughing at her. But yeah, you know, you got to pronounce our little towns right. You do. You got to get it right. It feels uh, it, you you earn my trust that way. That's good. That's it. And, you know, we were looking at her sideways the rest of the you know. <laughs> so that was a long-winded way of saying pronounce our little communities correct. Yeah. 
Putney, Potts, Dion, not Dion. <laughs> That's right. That's I heard right. that too. Yep, for sure. Well, man, I appreciate you taking time out of your evening to hop on here, and you know we'll talk about the cats a little bit, and you know had a. Well, they kept trying to cruise last night, and then they kept letting Mississippi State back in it. So we can we can kind of start there, and then we gotta gotta talk about a little stuff going on down I sixty four. You know, they they in the news again too. So we get all that worked in, man. Man, I feel like any time that I guest on any podcast, there's something that comes up with that school that wears red. But yeah. <laughs> Start with last night's game, I guess. Um, I, I, I'm watching, and I'm like, you know what? They're up like 12, 14 in the first half. It's going to be like they're going to pull away. And then you and I were talking off here, like the injury bugs. And, of course, Ty ties out. But then Oscar goes down and Toppin goes. Like, at some point, you just start to panic, or at least I do. I'm like, we're just going to lose everybody, and this whole season's going to be a wash. Yeah, because Toppin went down like he was shot, kind of. Yeah. And I don't know if I was alone in thinking it because you went down and, you know, kind of it looked serious and he was out. I was thinking, like, I mean, he didn't – it wasn't as dramatic. But I was like, you know, Paul Pierce went out in the wheelchair, you know, <laughs> a few years back with Boston. Yep. And then, you know, he, he, he he's never lived that down. And yep. then, you know, Jacob was able to come back. And I'm glad it wasn't an Achilles. Or, and it looked really – it looked yeah. like it could be, whoa – Serious. Uh, Oscar Sheway twisted his ankle. He he jumped out on the pick and roll, and he kind of rolled his. And so it's 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 part of the game, but it hits everybody from time to time. But the the injury bug is you know starting at LSU when you lose severe, and then Ty Ty cramps up, and then at Auburn it was kind of like a carbon copy. You lose severe, and then Ty uh, Ty on the floater over Kessler you know, twist his ankle. So it's kind of, you get those incomplete grades. Like you get a grade back and it's incomplete because you can't, we haven't seen, oh, it's, man, this is, this is Zoom. This is the world we live in. <laughs> you haven't. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm really sorry about my dog. I don't know if you're going to this out or not. But, um, I, I just, I've been thinking back to, uh, 2014 and, and Willie goes down and then 2015 and Poitras goes down. Even I think it was 2018 when PJ was hurt going into the tournament, all three of those teams had a chance to win the title, but that one injury slows you down. And especially with somebody like Ty Ty or Oscar, I mean, it hurts when anybody's gone, but without Ty Ty, I don't know that they're that team anymore or Oscar, obviously with his 5,000 rebounds a game or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's it's just so heartbreaking to see because I feel like they have a chance this year to to make a Final Four run, first time since PJ Washington's year, and you just hate to see it go away because of injuries. Yeah, because when they're when they're healthy, you, you I'm not trying to be cocky, but you feel pretty good about their chances against anybody, anywhere, neutral court, home or away. You know the injuries happen to LSU. They're you know they got a nine point lead. They're up nine ten at Auburn. They they punched Auburn in the mouth from the jump, and they were controlling the game. You know, Absolutely. as 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 wired as they they were, they were so quiet as soon as the game started. The crowd they wanted to cheer, they wanted to get loud, and they just had to sit there and just watch Kentucky control everything. Yeah, and it's to go into Auburn, Auburn is that good. I mean, they're number one now. They moved up in the poll. 
to, to I mean, if Ty Ty's there, you're right. We're, we're up 10 or 12. Like, it's not, it's not unfathomable to think that they can beat anybody on their home court. Now, it's not going to be easy to win at Kansas this weekend. It's not going to be easy to win at Tennessee for some reason I don't understand. But at Auburn, to go in and control the game that way, the confidence level has to be high when everybody's healthy. Yeah, for sure. And I know they had a lot of get-in-the-lane drive and dish and lob to Kessler. They were they were kind of hurting Kentucky with that, you know, kind of pick and roll. He'd roll. He had, what, 19 points and uh, 14 out of yeah. 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 He wasn't really, you know, hitting jump hooks and doing anything, but just rolling to the rim, and he was wide open. So they were hurting Kentucky with that. But I was, I was about to tweet it because Tachai gets hurt shooting a floater over Kessler. I think Kentucky was fixing to, they're fixing to get him switched up on Kessler until Auburn adjusted. They were, I think they were fixing to just milk that over and over and over again. And we were just fixing to start to see Tachai cook Kessler, and then he lands on his ankle, and that, you know, that went out the window. But I was like, they're fixing to just kill Kessler and get him matched up on Ty Ty. There's nothing he could do. And, you know, Ty Ty is the one guy that can do that because he can finish around the rim and he I, like severe is quick, but I don't think he's got the jump shot to take advantage of a pull a Kessler away from the rim and get him to back off and shoot a jumper. I'm not as confident in that as I am a Ty Ty jumper. So I feel like he can take advantage of those mismatches better than anybody else in the backcourt, except maybe Mintz. Yeah, that's it. And so, he doesn't play last night. I don't know if he's going to, you know, you know how Cal is. you got to practice and before you can play. So I don't know what will happen today and tomorrow and Friday before they head out to Lawrence. So if they do go to, you know, with Fog Allen Fieldhouse without him, it is going to be, it is going to be tough. It's going to be an uphill battle. And I mean, we saw when Severe was out, given the competition was a little less, but Kentucky seemed to still gel a little bit better than when Ty Ty's out. And I think he's just the the one that they count on so much that it's tough when he's gone. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But we'll all tune in Saturday at six o'clock and and see what happens for sure. I'm uh, pulling up the rankings here because I've not followed Can- Kansas as closely this year as normal. And I mean, it looks like another Kansas Baylor Big Twelve battle. And I mean, anytime you go into Fog Allen, it's a it's a dogfight anyway against um, some would say against the officials and the Jayhawks and the crowd and the legend of James Naismith. So exactly. tough place to play regardless. You want to go in there at full strength for sure. Texas Tech beat Kansas a week and a half or two ago down in Lubbock. And they just played in Kansas. What's today? Wednesday. I guess it was Monday night. And Texas Tech had them. Texas Tech, I thought well, they're fixing to sweep Kansas, you know, in the regular season. They're up, is it five or six down the stretch? Uh, Kansas had to hit a deep three to force overtime. Uh, once it went to overtime, they got the momentum. But Texas Tech is a, a good team, too. And um, I thought Kentucky was going to be going in there with them coming off of a loss because Texas you don't Tech, want that. Yeah, Texas Tech should have beat them. So they they were able to squeak it out in overtime, but I mean they're still going to be, you know, fired up and and ready for Kentucky anyway. And I forget it does seem like 
Kentucky goes to Kansas more than Kansas comes to Rupp for some I, reason. I completely agree. I, I can't fathom why that happens. I know that's usually – they sometimes – I feel like they meet on a neutral court in the Champions Classic on the years that they should be at Kentucky in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, and it just happens to work out that way to where they rarely play there. Yeah. Um, Kansas's other loss early in the season to Dayton. That's right. On a, so a leader. Yeah. One point buzzer beater. You love to see it. And they had some narrow wins. They barely beat Iona, barely beat North Texas. So it's hard to tell early in the season, but certainly not dominating everybody. Slick Rick did give them a, a, a fit there <laughs> for a little bit. And, you know, as much as, you know, we feel how we want to feel about him, especially after, you know, going to Louisville, he was, he was dead to a lot of Kentucky fans, but, He's a good coach, and he's got he's got them playing ball. I mean, they beat Alabama, almost beat Kansas. So I mean, <laughs> yes, super good coach, and you have to think at some point in the next few years, it, it is going to happen where where we get them on the schedule. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it is in Rupp how that reception will be. He's not going to get that tubby welcome for sure. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's it. Because you know you. you... <laughs> Because I, I thought for sure when he when he left the NBA, I'm like, yeah, he's going to go to Michigan. He'll take the Michigan job. And I'm like, Louisville, really? Rick, really? And you have to wonder if any of that was just knowing it was going to stir the pot and knowing it's going to be a big deal. Of course, it's a legendary program. And Denny Crum uh, did great things with them and all that. But you have to know that – I have to think that part of him was like, yeah, this is going to be fun to just add some – that's some more uh, fire to the or um, fire to the pot. Yeah, and you've been on you know our Cats Talk Wednesday podcast uh, host with with TB, and TB says it a lot. He says, you know, um, like Coach K is going to always be able to come back to Duke and get that welcome. Um, you know, Bayheim, same thing. Whenever he leaves, Rick's not really got a place to to come back to. I mean, they. He's, not Louisville, not really, not Kentucky, not he doesn't. He's kind of a a, a legendary coach without a no applause, you know. Wherever he, it's yeah. weird how it, it ended every at every stop. And it's not like he's burned the burn bridges in the same way everywhere. <laughs> like it's been a different disaster for whatever reason that's burned a fan base. Yeah. And yeah, he's certainly not ever going to be able to go back to Louisville. That was, I mean, that's a big legal mess, but. Um, I don't think that's going to come with Kentucky either. Maybe, maybe he's the Iona Gales. That's going to be his legacy. Maybe so. Maybe so. And you know, just on the heels of all the Patino Jurich mess, you know, Chris Mack came in, you know, on a high, kind of cocky, making videos and talking that talk, and now it's all ended for him today. And, you know, I, I tell you, I liked him coming in. I, I, I both liked him, but I also thought when he started making those, uh, I don't know, for, for lack of a better word, taunting videos to the fan base and the cow, I was like, this is, this is going to be fun. I don't hate him like I hated Rick, but he's still playing the villain, and I like that. Um, but he's just not gotten it done in recruiting or on the court. They're awful right now. So he deserves to be gone. Um, and, and I'm seeing all these names thrown around for who's going to replace him. I mean, don't forget, Chris Mack came from Xavier. It's not like he was uh, an established powerhouse coach. Like, he was an up-and-comer, and this was the next step for him. And now everybody's expecting Louisville to go out and 
steal somebody from a power job. And I'm just not sure that's going to happen. It didn't happen with him. That's true. And his wife was from Louisville too, right? So there were those ties. Uh, but what you're hearing, Will Wade and Bruce Pearl and Kenny Payne and, and all these names floating around. So, yeah, it's going to be – and and they still got pending discipline. Do you, yeah. you want to go in there and know you're going to get smacked for something you didn't do? And do you want to ride that out? No, you're not going to get recruits that are readily wanting to come there because of all of this this cloud of yeah. sanctions. So it's and they still what? No president, no AD, no no administration, no board. So what? It's there's nothing in place for anything. Who's going to hire the next coach? They need to figure that out first, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It would almost be better for them if the sanctions would go ahead and come out because then a coach would at least know what he's walking into. But I don't think they can wait that long if they want to be able to get somebody they really want. Mm-hmm. Of the list of, of the list you gave, and that's the common list I've heard too, um, I, I mean, it would probably be a step up for Kenny Payne, and, and he would be a guy I think that could fill some in, integrity needs with their institution and – I don't think Kentucky fans would turn on him, but it would still be hard to see. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess as hard as it was for them to see him on Kentucky's bench all those years, we kind of get a dose of <laughs> what yeah. went through. I mean, he won a title with Kentucky, and, and they had to watch what Cal was – what is he, 8-2, and 9-2, and two, whatever his record is against Louisville, they had to watch Kenny Payne be a part of all that, you know, beating yeah. them head-to-head year after year in the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> the tournament. So you bring that up. That's why when people talk about Duke and North Carolina being the best basketball rivalry, they've never met in the NCAA tournament ever. And Kentucky and Louisville have met multiple times. And I think that's such an important piece of Kentucky and Louisville's rivalry that people don't talk about enough is, is those tournament uh, those tournament games, which again, Kentucky has won those recently, but I think that's a big piece of it that Duke and North Carolina don't have, and I don't think people talk about that enough. That's it, and you're, you're exactly right. It's once a year, unless they meet in the tournament. You know, uh, Duke and Carolina usually play three times a year, you know, because yep. they get to be in the ACC tournament. Yep. Uh, in 2012, Kentucky and Louisville were in the Final Four. I mean, yeah. We beat Indiana to get to Louisville. So you knocked all the rivals out, man. It was a wonderful road to the to the finals that year. Which any road to the finals would be great now. Right. That's it. And if if you know, if if they're healthy, I mean, you know, Gonzaga's getting all the hype and, and Auburn, but you know, you saw you heard Grady and Sheboy, you know, we we definitely love to play Auburn again. If they're healthy, you like their chances. You know, Dominique Hawkins can't wait to play them in Tampa in the SEC tournament. You know, yeah. everybody's got the feeling that if, if Kentucky's healthy for 40 minutes, you know, we're pretty good. We're all right. We like our team, as Cal likes to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like the team and on a neutral court against anybody healthy right now. I mean, Gonzaga, one of their losses was was Alabama, I think, who's incredibly underperforming. People brought up Nate Oates of maybe going to Louisville. Maybe he should because he's he's not meeting expectations at Alabama. But yeah, uh, but yeah, Gonzaga's not unbeatable. Obviously, Auburn's not. So um, I, I would love to see Auburn again on a neutral court. 
I hate the pressure I feel in the NCAA tournament when somebody like Duke comes along, but I would also, I think we would have a great shot against them mm -hmm. uh, if that came around again. So I don't know, just really excited for the first time in a while. And I said 2018 earlier, I do think when COVID canceled the tournament in 2020, that group had a shot as well. Um, I think that was a pretty good team led mostly by guards and they could have had a, had a good run. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everything gets accelerated, you know, as far as development with the one and dones and, and, you know, you go back before our time, the, the freshman didn't do a whole lot. Like, like, you know, Kenny Walker, the freshman, he, he wasn't expected to just tear it up. Uh, you know, Turpin and Bowie, all these guys, it took two or three years. Now we expect everybody just to come in and just, you know, and Nick Richards was one that was always a lot was expected, but it took that year three was a junior Nick Richards when he was on that team. And for a while there before quickly really took off, everybody thought, well, Nick Richards is going to be SEC player of the year. And Absolutely. so it took a while. Uh, now you're hearing the same thing with, with Hopkins and Collins. Everybody's wanting them to, to jump in and, and it, it might take a minute, you know, um, Collins is a string bean, you know, they're putting weight on him. He's, he's still adjusting to his body. You don't have the length that this team usually does. And he's the long guy that could be, you know, throwing up there and block some shots, but you might just have to wait for him to develop a little bit. And it, it might not just be immediate. Like, you know, Tata had the Duke game where he struggled and he's been great ever since, you know, everybody's different. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. For, for every every bit of awesomeness that Oscar brings to the court. He's not a room protector. And mm -hmm. that's what Collins would be. And when he was getting minutes earlier in the year before Cal tightened up the rotation, I just get such a Willie Cauley-Stein vibe from him. And you mentioned Nick Richards. I know Willie contributed all four years, but by the end, he was, he was, a, I mean, he was a, uh, a first team All-American. So, um, and I get those kind of potential vibes from Damian Collins. So, I hope he sticks around that development happens. It'll be interesting to see in this transfer era, there was all this pressure on the one and done, on the freshman to be gone after a year. Is that pressure gone now since we're only starting one freshman? I don't Ooh. know. It'll be interesting to see if people are, if there's still that stigma of, well, you didn't go pro after your first year, you'd have got to transfer or move on or whatever. I, I'm hoping that's gone because I think that hurt the program, but the transfer piece is certainly making it more interesting. We're just starting one freshman, one. That is true. Who would, who would have thought that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and all these old guys. What, Kellen Grady's 24 and, and Mintz yeah. 24. And, I, think, uh, I think I went to high school with Davion Mintz. Like, he's, he's <laughs> an old man. He's like, he's like our version of what Perry Ellis for Kansas. Just out there forever. <laughs> and he looked, looked 40 the whole time he was there. He looked so old. Sure did. The entire time. Absolutely. So yeah, oh, interesting to see what what Louisville does. Interesting to see how healthy Kentucky is for Kansas and uh, all kind of stuff to watch. Of course, it's, it's that time of year, you know. Um, Do you think we'll see Shaden 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 Sharp play this year? I don't know. <laughs> see, that's and it's <laughs> our fan base is so hilarious. I haven't even really. I don't know if it's purposely gotten caught up into it because you know been talking about him for six weeks and we still you know <laughs> what yeah. for what and everybody's oh Shane Sharp Shane Sharp even before he got here and yep. now he's here and 
you know, Cal will say stuff that you have to take with a grain of salt and you roll your eyes. But he will literally say, well, you know, he's he's just not practiced. He's so behind. And, you know, if we stick him out there, there's a lot more to it than, than him kind of. And he'll say that and everybody's like, you play him. It's like, <laughs> you don't hear anything he said. Just just put him in. Put him in. We don't care, you know. And so. Um, yeah, we don't care what you said, coach, even though you're in charge of making the decisions. You're going to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it's just maturity of getting older or being able to cover sports a little bit more, but I feel like I personally don't get as worked up about things. Like, like you said, you've not gotten into it. Like I'm interested in it, but it's not something that I'm angered by. Like, I guess I learned this more so watching my own kids play ball, but I'm not in practice. So if my son's sitting the bench at a basketball game, and I think he's better than everybody else. I've not been in practice. I don't see what he's doing. He might be lazy. He might not make a shot in practice, no matter what he does at home. And we don't see those things. And I think people don't understand that. They go to YouTube and watch their highlight videos and they're like, oh, look how good he is. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yeah, um, that's it, exactly. And was, you see the game is all you see and what they do or don't do in the game and, and it's practice every single day. And it's, you're, I mean, you nailed it, you nailed it. And I will no, go ahead. I think, you know, you, I mean, I'm interested in it. And of course we keep up with everything, you, even though, but I think back to, you know, is, is Hamadou Diallo going to stay? Is he going to go? Everybody refreshing their phones and, and, you know, cause at midnight he's going to decide. And if he if he stays he stays if he goes he goes you know, I'll talk about it tomorrow I'll I'll see it when I you know I'm kind of yeah. I don't yeah medical that's, anymore. that's a good place to be in that feels healthy doesn't it doesn't it feel unhealthy to sit there and watch a, a 19 year old's Twitter feed till one in the morning just to yeah. see if he got the form in on time <laughs> ridiculous I will say though that I I remember that situation well and and he came in. And obviously we see what he does. Like he's an athletic specimen. He won a dunk contest. He he's making doing great stuff in the NBA. The way Cal talks about Sharp, I feel like is a little different when he talks about how some of the other players are like, Coach, do you see this? Coach, come on, man. We need like so he talks about him a little differently as if he is special in some way that hopefully we'll get to see. But I certainly don't think we see him at Kansas in his first game. I don't think that's a a lion's den we throw him into. Exactly, exactly. Hosted this podcast with, with Tony Duck for the first year, and he would always say, so the, you know, the players know. If we're in practice, you know. It doesn't take long to know if a guy can play or not. And as a veteran, you know, I've, I've been here two or three years. I'm not going to sweat this hyped high schooler coming in because I've already been there. I've been in the weight room a couple of years. He hasn't. So, you know, he's going to have to show what he can do. And the players know. So when you, like Cal said, he's stepping on the gas in practice and, you know, he'll do something and the players will kind of look and be like, oh, we, you know. So maybe it is, he is as good as advertised so far in what he's done. I was listening to Goose Givens on yesterday's pregame show and he was talking about how in practice, yes, you see that, but you also see like people pulling him aside when they're working on plays and like, no, you have to go to the baseline or no, you need to cut this way off the screen. Like he's still learn. There's so much to learn. I think we feel like the players just go out there and play like the offensive sophistication of basketball at that level. It's not like your rec league where it's like, Oh, 
run play one or play two. Like they have a lot of complex stuff that takes a long time to learn. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so much more, like you said, it's intricate. It's more to it. You don't see it. You can't, you're not there. And he's got to get up to speed. It's a lot. Sure, you go out and play. It looks like they're just going out and playing, but it's a lot that they've digested and, and worked on to get to that point. And, and to just drop him in in the middle of a season, he's behind. It's just, you know, it's hard. It's a lot to ask, even of him with, what, number one player in the country and all this hype. And it's, it's you know, it's asking a lot. And I, I think if, if we are going to bring him in, or if Cal does decide, I think at home against Bandy next Wednesday, I've seen that date out there a little bit, just as far as like a safety net, yeah. if Ty Ty is going to be out longer and he does decide, yes, we're going to need to play him down the stretch, I think that's the perfect introduction point. But if I were a betting man, I would say we don't see him on the court at all this year. Mm-hmm. And, the, and initially – they were so deep at guard anyway before the injuries, you know, you know, Mintz and Wheeler and Tata and Kellen Grady, CJ Frederick, who yep. was lost for the season before it even started. You know, that would have been so, so much, you know, he'd have been backlogged there. But now the more of these guys kind of get nicked up, that's what I think that's accelerated the, or, or what the pot turned the, the yeah. heat up on the boiling pot yeah. sooner. Um, so I don't like that Vandy game. Uh, if there was another game, well, I better not say that now. So if there's another game against Georgia, but they just be Alabama. So I bet, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, there's, there's, there's not a, a you know, we're, we're not playing Ohio and, and fairly Dickinson and all them anymore to where you can just throw him out there and let him get his feet wet without, you know, in a non-pressure situation more than likely. You're talking about the guard depth. I mean, Dante Allen, everybody wanted him starting last year, thought he should be the star of the team. And he's only playing now because of – he got in some some time against Mississippi State, A, because he owns them for some reason we don't understand. But B, <laughs> like there was – Ty Ty's injured and then uh, Severe got in foul trouble. So, you had to have him at that point. Mm-hmm. And, he could come in, and when he comes in, I feel like he, he contributes and he's capable, but – that's how deep it is. A guy we wanted to start last year is like the fifth option now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they just early on, probably when he had his chance, he just couldn't buy a shot to save his life. And he still gets beat on defense. And that's that's what Cal don't care if you're the most dead-eye shooter in the world. If you can't stay in front of somebody, you're not getting in. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the Auburn game's a perfect example of why. They just kept beating us off the dribble and throwing lobs to, to Mount Kessler down there. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I get it, but it's it's great to have that kind of depth, I think. And Auburn was, you know, their schedule's favorable. They got a two-game lead in the conference. And first time they ranked number one in their history. About lost Missouri last night. So the yeah, hangover, the Kentucky hangover there, you know, beat Kentucky – Oh, it's just another game, even though we're taking off our shirts and, you know, going crazy. Went to Missouri and almost lost. So, you know, it's they put so much into it. You know, Alabama football, you, everybody that plays Alabama usually loses their next couple games after, <laughs> after they play Alabama. So I want to see what Auburn does. They put so much into this camping out. And, and you know, you know Bruce Pearl, Mr. Marketer, he was, he was like that at Tennessee. And now 
can they you know get that behind them and focus on the rest of their favorable schedule i want to see how they finish up yeah what is it they only have kentucky and lsu at home maybe even tennessee like the top four teams in the sec they only play the other three one time and i think it's all at home yeah and give them credit they already won at alabama and this alabama team that i guess they get alabama will come to auburn too and it's not really as tough of a game as of now as it was at the start of the season so yeah Mm. yeah they they do have that kind of schedule so i think kentucky's probably still playing for the two seed but it'd be nice to get that and have them meet in the championship instead of before then in tampa that's right are you uh for sea blue are you are you uh covering any games that road you've been credentialed to go to any or you just kind of from you know i haven't i haven't since covid started and and it's a combination of reasons obviously just it's safer to stay home mm-hmm. but during covid when they weren't really like it was super limited and i couldn't get in i don't know i really got accustomed to my couch like i love being on the sideline for the game and doing photography and like catching the ball when it goes up like that's so cool but it's cold outside and you park far away and it's a, like so no i i haven't been this season i'm kind of uh waiting to to kind of pick my spots but uh, I do still write about the games, um, do a lot of post-game work. Uh, thankful to Jason for that ongoing opportunity. He gave me a chance several years ago and has been very, very good to me. And I, that's a great outlet to, I think, kind of get my voice out there besides podcasts like this to, I don't know, try to educate people who get mad about sports for no reason. Exactly. Yeah, Jason is is good people, man. He's always been a good dude. I was going to make some kind of – corny joke about him is he's still cracking the whip on you guys but i know that's that's definitely not the case he's not that type at all <laughs> oh no he's never been i i started a blog i guess it was, it was john wall's year at kentucky just because everybody was so excited i had a friend approach me about it and we ran that for three or four years and i kind of used that experience to get uh jason to, to give me a shot at a sea of blue and i've been with him since 2016 writing for them so it's been a great experience. Been to the Champions Classic. I was set to go to the Final Four if the PJ Washington team beat Auburn, so that was a huge letdown. Um, but it's it's continues to be an awesome experience, and it's a great team there. I know a lot of people come on as college students, and I see people getting jobs, uh, full time gigs, writing about Kentucky or writing about other sports elsewhere. So it's mm-hmm. been a good jumping off point for a lot of guys. And I guess now. He's on cloud nine that the Bengals have have you know done what they've done and one yeah. game away from the Super Bowl because he's on the the Cincy Cincy jungle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, I my grandfather's from Florida. I grew up a Dolphins fan, which is super random, but absolutely the Bengals are my second team, so I've been pretty pumped about that as well. It's fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So good stuff. Um, and as always, thanks to you guys, Jason and yourself and Big Blue Drew and everybody. All of these episodes of Believe in Kentucky, you know, Jason pops them up on the a Sea of Blue site. So you, know, you guys can, listeners can check it out there. I always appreciate him posting it there and giving so BBN a chance to to listen to my little rants and ramblings and whatever guests I have like yourself that are, you know, cool enough to hop on here and, and talk about the cast. No, we appreciate your work trying to educate the people, Vinny. That's all you're trying to do. And it's uh, uh, fighting a good fight. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
Now you got a couple other podcasts too that are that are non UK related, so I gotta, gotta let you talk about you know those those as well. Yeah, so uh, True Crime Cast is uh, what it sounds like. It's a true crime podcast. We didn't think it would take off, and we're like, if somebody Google's True Crime Podcast, maybe True Crime Cast will come up. So that's how we named it, literally. Um, but uh, it's it's we've been doing that for about four years, and it's grown to. Uh, uh, to be a pretty solid side hustle. Um, it's been a lot of fun. We're uh, closing in on our 5 millionth download. I think we're going to hit next month. So that's been a lot of fun. And we cover a different crime story every episode. We have episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays. And unfortunately, there's no end in sight of material. A lot of people <laughs> killing each other out there. So we get to talk about that. And then we started a, a podcast called Bless Their Hearts, where we focus more on everything that's not murder just to kind of lighten the mood uh, we do talk about sports movies uh, music we do we just did a 1990s music bracket that was a lot of fun um, so really just kind of goof off and uh, try to have a good time over there that's blessed their hearts because we're I'm from Kentucky he's from Tennessee so there's some rivalry there but we both uh, like to sit on the back porch in a rocking chair so that's kind of the the feel of what's happening on that one that's how we do in the South. It is. It is. Now, okay, yeah, right on the border, right on, just on the other side of the line. It sure is. <laughs> um, you said there's no end in sight to the content for the True Crime Cast podcast. Yeah. Do you guys just scour and find stories yourself? Or do listeners send them in, or you know, how do you decide on which one you're gonna? I mean, yeah. how, how do you sift through the plethora and pick one for your episodes? It's a little bit of both. Um, we uh, we are obviously fans of that genre, so we listen to other podcasts and see what other people are talking about. We really try to focus on some of the lesser-known cases. So we have a lot of Kentucky-based cases that we've talked about, mm -hmm. um, some from Harlan, some from right around here in Madison County. Mm -hmm. um, just because we, we do cover the big serial killers, just because I feel like we have to, but... Uh, we spend a lot of time searching and, and at some point we did hit a point where listeners would like we're inundated at this point we probably have a list of a couple hundred cases that uh, we haven't even looked at yet so um, usually we'll, we'll get some recommendations in and we'll just kind of get together and vet a few of them or just read one article and usually know pretty quickly if it's something that's going to be interesting or not if it's something that we're going to have enough content for a full show and if it's something that we're going to be interested enough in to, to put ourselves into. And do y'all go just in the recent past? Because well, we're from Harlan and, you know, it, bloody Harlan. It was called that for a reason. Yep. Um, was it, do y'all go way back into some stuff from the 40s, 50s, and 60s? Or y'all keep it more in the 80s and 90s? Or Oh, no, we definitely go back to the early 1900s. I mean, we go back to like Jack the Ripper and that kind of thing. And there's some crazy stuff that happened in, in Appalachia during that time period. And we try to hit a lot of that stuff. Um, we've even tried doing like some Old West cases, like Billy the Kid stuff. People aren't as interested in that, I don't think. Um, so usually the last uh, 250 years, uh, people still kind of get into that. So no, we, we don't keep it contemporary. A lot of times if a case is hot, we or like a newer case, we have to wait till all the details come in. So um while it may be on the news everywhere, we want to cover it thoroughly, so we don't want to do it prematurely. So we try to wait a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, from from every era, from every state, from every 
um, several different countries. So it, it varies quite a bit from from murder to uh, like heist, bank heists. Um, we we try to cover a little bit of everything. Good stuff, good stuff on both of them for sure. So y'all, yeah, good work. Now one Holland County to another. This is random, but who better to ask than you? Are you a fan, or were you a fan of Justify when it was, when it was? I'm, I'm a big fan. Okay. Um, are you not? I I watched it, but I, I some of the portrayals. I'm like, man, we we aren't killing each other that yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are, we are, but not that much. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, and back, you know, years ago for sure. But I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, so I was, I was, a little, I kept kind of just a little yeah. side eye on that. I watched a lot of the episodes, but. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I really liked the characters. Raylan Givens was awesome. And then Boyd yeah. Crowder, who was the main villain. Yeah. He was just so entertaining. And I really liked that piece of it. I also love the fact that they would be in Lexington and then be like, oh, we're going to Harlan. And then just like drive <laughs> across the street. Like it don't work like that, buddy. There's some, there's some hills you have to go over to get yeah. there. Well, I mean, we're gonna go to ages. I mean, like, dude, I mean, so, yeah. so take yeah. a minute. <laughs> yeah, that was that too. They be, they go from Frankfurt to Everett's in two seconds. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you're right about that. So, and I know it was TV, and I know you know, and uh, I I did like that. You know, sometimes in some of the bars, you would see like a, a UK flag on the window or something like that. Because that's I think that's realistic. That's everywhere in Eastern Kentucky. So they did they did get some of that, but. A couple of it, it was just a little stretch as far as the travel and uh, some of the murders. There are some, we we do some killing down there, but we didn't, yeah. oh, it wasn't always, it wasn't Wild West every time you stepped out the door, but that was just my, you know, maybe I got an unpopular opinion. That was just my couple little, little no, I, it, I so. think that's definitely part of it. Um, I, I did enjoy how the, like the, there was a family called the Bennetts. Of course, the Bennetts run a lot of the coal mines down there. Yeah. There's a yeah. beggar named Mags. I'm not saying I've been there, but I'm not saying I've not. Um, so they worked in some local names and right. stuff, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. So they, you know, some stuff they put no effort in when they're trying to portray, you know, Kentucky or the South. Period. So they did, they did take some steps to try to. Try to get some stuff right. And so, you know yeah. it's coming back, right? Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah. Was it yeah, they're gonna make another season where he's in Detroit chasing somebody down, but it's gonna be the same actor. T- Tim- Timothy Oliphant is coming back, so yeah, I'll watch it. We'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, so it's it's definitely gonna probably do well again. So yeah, I mean that's why. <laughs> They just think they can make some more money off of it. I guess. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Got to tell you about our sponsor real quick that's been supporting the show for forever. Jamie, I don't know if you need a timepiece or not, but if you do, you got to go to La Terrain and get yourself a watch. They got watches for men, women, different style, different bands, accessories, whatever you like. LaTerrain.com is the place to go. L-A-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. La Terrain. <laughs> Uh, Dave, the owner, has been on here. Uh, had him on as the guest on the podcast. Um, ben is from Mount Sterling, a huge Kentucky fan, and they are, you know, got a lot of former players endorsing them. You know, Tony Duck, Walter McCarty, uh, Vernon Maxwell from former Florida Gator, Houston Rocket. So they got a lot of uh, athletes endorsing lots of rain. So if you're going to be casual, if you're going to be formal, get yourself a lots of rain timepiece to complement your outfit to set off what you're doing. And, 
you know, yeah. sometimes you, you don't just want to look at your phone and tell what time it is. You can go old school and look at a watch and lots of rain has got you. And you need a watch for every occasion. Wear a different watch to work out that I'm going to wear to a ball game and I'm going to wear to, to church, right? That's it. And they can accentuate whatever look you're trying to go for. La Terrain has got it. Man, we appreciate you taking the time to hop on here. Look forward to your next piece coming out on A Sea of Blue. Wish you all the best with the True Crime Cast podcast and the Bless Their Heart. Bless Your Heart podcast. I'm probably Let me let you plug them because I just missed <laughs> No, that's good. True okay. crime cast, and, and you can find it obviously everywhere podcasts are. Bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. See, I'm from the South and I mess it up. Bless my heart for not saying Bless your heart, Betty. Bless your heart. <laughs> but man, thank you so much. And uh, you guys check this out. Subscribe, rate, review. Check it out at believe.com or a sea of blue.com where you find Jamie's work, Jason Markham's work, uh, Big Blue Drew's work, podcast. Everything about the cats all the time. You can find it right there. And appreciate y'all squeezing episodes of Believing Kentucky on the site as well. Thanks for having me, Benny. It's always a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Y'all take care. This is another episode of Believe in Kentucky. We'll see y'all next time. Go cats. Beat the Jayhawks. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.